On this episode of the Popcorn Diet, we pay 30 bucks to watch the newest Disney live-action remake on Disney+. Plus. That's right, we're talking Mulan. Get your popcorn ready. Your Majesty, all trade has been disrupted in a coordinated attack. Every family will supply one man. My father cannot fight, so I will take his place. When they find out who you are, they will show you no mercy. I'm Hua Mulan. I will bring honor to us all. Welcome, all you good movie buddies, to The Popcorn Diet, a podcast for those who live on a steady diet of movie or microwave popcorn and other movie snacks. As always, my name is Rick Williamson, your very best good movie buddy, and joining us today, a a, a recurring, a returning guest co-host, another good movie buddy, my sister, Leah Theodosis. Leah, how you doing? Good. It's basically my podcast, too, now. Welcome back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you're basically the third... <laughs> The the the, th- the third. I'm like wheel. the female third one that doesn't get like exactly. a name, but I'm here often. Exactly, you're cool. the the relief pitcher, if you will. David is currently <laughs> on vacation. He took him and his clan up to the all, not quite the Great White North. I think they're up in Wisconsin, and so that gave us an opportunity, Leah, to get together and talk about one of our favorite things in the world, Disney movies. Yes. Um, and I wanted to start before we get into actually talking about Mulan and whatnot. I wanted to talk with you a little bit about the quote unquote the movie going experience because you obviously don't run a movie podcast you you aren't quite (laughs) as obsessed with movies as like myself and David are but you're on the level you know you you, you're dangerous when it comes to certain movies although I know your husband my brother-in-law Matt has been working on getting you more I don't know what the word is more well-versed on some of the movies you've you haven't seen yeah um but for me movie theaters opened this past week and I've gone and saw Tenant three times. Like, I want to live in the movie theater. Also because that movie requires <laughs> multiple viewings. And now I think I finally got it, by the way. And I still love it. But obviously, like, you weren't in a rush to go out and see it. Um, Matt, I asked him, he wasn't in a rush to go out and see it. And so I wanted to talk with you about, like, what would get you out there if it's something that you feel safe with mm-hmm. or if it would just take the right movie and the right movie isn't out yet. Like, what is your feeling on the movie theater experience right now? Because we talked about it last episode about how they have everything clean. They are keeping people social distance. Like when when I went and saw Tenet for the third time, there's maybe 12 to 14 people in our overall theater mm-hmm. all spaced out. You know, so not crunched together and anything like that. So I wanted to get your opinion on that before we get started on like what it would take to get you back into a movie theater. I think for me, it would have to be a movie that I really want to see before um, without any health concerns or pandemic related problems. um, I was down to go see any movie because. Sure. I like the movies. Right. It's a fun experience. It's not just about watching a film, but it's the whole theater experience. It's seeing it on the big screen. Mm-hmm. It's the popcorn. Um, the popcorn. The popcorn. Oh my God. The popcorn diet. 
<laughs> so yeah, for me, it would, ju- for me, it would have to be a movie that I like really want to see. Like if it was a Marvel movie, mm-hmm. for sure, I'd be down. If it was the right Disney movie, okay. I would be interested. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, what else is coming out soon? There's well, a few movies coming that's out. That's the crazy thing is that um, Tenet came out mm-hmm. and there's not really a lot of movies coming out for the next month. There's there's basically there's a big space in between Tenet and uh, and all the other movies because it's been cleared out and nothing's for certain anyways. That's one of the biggest reasons why I went to see Tenet three times in a week, because there's no guarantee that in another month we're not going to get another uh, whatever the word is, spike. Yeah, close again. And everything's going to close again. But literally, according to Wikipedia, I always like to go to Wikipedia and I go to the 2020 in film. Tenet came out. And then obviously, I think Mulan is coming out in theaters next week. I'm not mm-hmm. 100% certain. Bill and Ted Face the Music did a both theater and uh, VOD run. But then there's not really much of anything coming out. There's the Broken Hearts Gallery, Rent-A-Pal. See? Okay, like the Broken Hearts Gallery. I think that's one that I would probably be interested in going to the that's theater so to funny. see because that's, hello, my type of genre movie that I'm interested in. Sure. But what else? Well, like the big movie, like in terms of like a, 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 a name, like mm-hmm. you have the horror movie Antebellum, which mm-hmm. has Janelle Monae in it, which looks like it's going to be another one of those like kind of social justice horror movies, mm-hmm. which I'm super interested in. Yeah. Um, but then you have like Enola Holmes is going to be on Netflix. You have Greenland, which is a Gerard Butler disaster movie that I don't know is going to come out or not. And even if it does, it's not coming out to the 25th. Okay. You have Ava, which is uh, a Jessica Chastain action movie, which is coming out the 25th. But then like, again, it isn't until October 2nd where Wonder Woman 1984 is currently scheduled to be released. Yeah. And again... There's no guarantee with that, although Warner Brothers has certainly been more, I don't know what the word is, aggressive in getting their movies out. Obviously, Tenet is a Warner Brothers movie, Mm -hmm. and all of the trailers in front of it are all like, okay, Wonder Woman, and then at the end it says, only in theaters, and it's almost like a dare. It's almost like they're daring nature, (laughs) just like, only in theaters, COVID. So I don't know. And that's the thing is that for a month, like we're basically going to have this movie theater experience for a month and then see what happens. Yeah. Because all of the big movies have pushed off and all the, I mean, we were, I was supposed to watch the Jungle Cruise this summer. I was supposed to watch the Fast and Furious. I was supposed to so many different movies. Yeah. I would, I, if all goes according to plan, I would probably make Wonder Woman my first movie outing sure. experience. Like and that's a movie that I'm actually interested in. Uh-huh. I follow those stories. It's like, big. It's big. Like it's got a bunch of hype that I'm interested mm-hmm. in. Super excited to see Kristen Wiig in a character mm-hmm. like Cheetah. Being so, a bad guy. Yeah. So I that would probably be if that is set for October, then that would probably be the one that the one. I plan to go to. And yeah. the thing is, is I'm, I'm willing to bet that there are a lot of people out there who probably agree with you and who probably have that set as like, oh, the new Wonder Woman is out. Yeah. I'm going to go see it. Because I think, and this is me, like when I saw Inception, I saw it twice in the theaters. The first time I remember walking out and being like, what the hell <laughs> did I watch? Like, I am, I, 
am not the type of person who likes to like really try to dig deep sure. into like what is happening in a movie. I like when it's a story that I can easily follow along and I understand. You like to be challenged in other ways, not when yeah. you're watching movies. It, like I like a murder mystery, like Knives Out I love because sure. I'm trying to put these pieces together and I know by the end of it we will f- have like an answer. But like Inception I still was like what the hell like <laughs> is this weird world like I don't quite understand. So when I saw the trailer for Tenant, um, I was like, it's basically looks like the same kind of concept of like this weird, like time, like alternate reality. Yeah. Like, I don't know. So for me, like, I just had like flashbacks to my not understanding inception. Yeah, like, and I was pass. just like, I just don't think I will actually enjoy it. Right. So if I'm going to go to the movies and also it's different for us. Cause like we have a baby. Sure. So it's like, if we're going to plan to go to the movies, we want to make sure it's like worth, worth it. it. And we like, not that you'll ever know like, Oh yeah, I know that movie's going to be good. You never know with movies. They might suck. That's true. Um, and yeah, for me it was just like 10 and I was, I was out, but I told Matt, I was like, if you want to go, you should go. So, I mean, whatever. Yeah. I mean, I get it though. Like, again, I had to see it three times <laughs> and I had to look up charts on Reddit. Thank God for Reddit. <laughs> the Redditors out there are really just the real MVP because it is, it's about going forwards and backwards in time. And I won't break down tenant. You can listen to our, our previous episode listeners where we break down tenant, but suffice it to say, you would have walked out probably upset. And I just, just like this, I don't know. That's the type of movie where I'd be cool going to get the popcorn refill because right. I'm just like, I don't know what's happening. And overall, it's a simple movie. It's a spy movie, but it's told in a complex way. So. Yeah. And what's interesting is that for people like me, who movies are like my A number one thing, I don't care. Like, I will go see anything. I think the theatrical experience... you won't go see anything. Not anything, but I will go see a lot of things. The majority. I will go see a lot of things. And more importantly, the theatrical experience is something that I want to preserve and keep alive for as long as possible. And main like I would I will probably yell at somebody less in like church if they got their phone out than in a movie theater. Like that's 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 how important it is to me. And so what's funny is that and I'm not I don't mean and I'm not ragging on you here, I'm not blaming you or anything, but I would venture to say that the majority of the public, the majority of consumers probably fall where you fall, which is it's not safe. If I'm going to go, I'm only going to go to a big, recognizable movie. Uh And that runs the risk of what happens to the middle movies. What happens to the Broken Hearts Gallery or Club or whatever the hell it's called. Like That movie's not going to get put in theaters anymore. It's going to get put on streaming. So who knows? Who knows what that's going to turn in? But we did get a taste of what that home theatrical experience is going to be with this. Now, obviously, Mulan is a big movie for Disney. Mm -hmm. They put a lot of money into it. They put $200 million into it. Just a little. Just a little bit of money. Um, huge Chinese cast, female director, like they, they, not only did they put a lot of money into it, but they did really invest in that, you know, the people involved in making it were the right people and whatnot. And obviously it was supposed to come out, I think in March and yeah, right when everything happened, everything happened and they just kept pushing it back rather than delay it a year, which a lot of movies did. Mm -hmm. um, They're just like, okay, well, we're going to open in June. And then as June crept closer, it's like, okay, we're going to do something else with it. And then eventually they said, we're going to put it on Disney plus for 30 bucks. And 
there was a huge reaction to that. Um, and I wanted to get your opinion on it. Now, before we get into it, that 30 bucks, that premier access, as they call it, you got to be a Disney Plus subscriber already, number one. And number two, you do get that movie for a couple of months. You don't yeah. just get one viewing on it. You get to watch it till the, basically the end of October, the beginning of November, at which point you can't watch it for a month. Mm -hmm. And then in December, it's going to be available to everybody, regardless of the $30 you spent. Now, to me, $30 for a blockbuster big studio movie in my home is a good value. Like, that is worth it to me. Mm -hmm. um, now, what's funny is that very literally it is not worth it to me as a single individual. Uh -huh. But to somebody like you who has a family, who has a spouse and a kid who wouldn't go to watch it anyway but because he's too young. But to other families out there, families of four or five, it's an incredible value. Yeah. You know, just in ticket prices alone. So my question is, do you think that $30 was worth it? Ugh, that's a hard With, question. Without getting into the movie, because without we'll talk getting into the movie. because we'll talk about it in a little bit. But based on what I told you, yeah. And again, you're right. There's no guarantee a movie's going to be good. Yeah. But if you're getting a blockbuster, big movie based on a previous property that you like, with all this production value and all this for thirty bucks, what does that say to you about price and value? Um, I. God, I really don't know. I don't think it's worth it in my mind. Like, I think I would probably, like, if someone's already paying for a plan, mm -hmm. just the way they've done Mulan specifically. Sure. It doesn't quite make sense. I'll throw another one in at my you. Head. But, like, I would imagine that they would just try to, like, sell it right. to keep right. digitally. Kind of like Amazon. You can buy those movies sure. there. Um, that's how I would think that they would roll something like this out with any of their stuff. Like mm -hmm. you can have the subscription like Amazon prime and then you can pay for certain movies and then you keep them. You keep them. Like I would think that Disney plus should do something like that where it's like new movies that get released. You can't watch them or stream them maybe for like the first year, but you can buy them. Right. It's like when something comes out, you should be able to purchase it just like you would a DVD or Blu-ray. Um, so to me, like the 30 extra dollars to watch something that is now going to be released to everyone in just a few months, mm -hmm. I would probably have just waited if sure. it was us. I mean, luckily we, luckily <laughs> share we share an account, an account with me so it was not <laughs> and I'll like, buy everything. <laughs> exactly. So like for me personally, I would probably have just waited till the end of the year when it was available for everyone in this situation. And that's the interesting thing about these studios having their own distribution platforms. Right. For the longest time, the only way Disney could get eyes on its movie were either in theaters or via Amazon, Apple, all the retailers and whatnot. But because yeah. now they completely own and run Disney Plus, they don't have to pay anybody anything. Mm -hmm. They not only get to put that movie out as they want, but also like it's a weird balance with them between um, offering the movie for purchase permanently. Yeah. And maintaining their, like, subscriptions. Yeah. And trying to encourage people to subscribe and stuff like that. Because it, it, a counter to that, Bill and Ted Face the Music, wasn't it was released by, like, Lionsgate and Orion. Mm -hmm. And they don't have their own streaming platform. So you could go on Apple or Amazon or whatever and buy it 
for 30 bucks and own it. Now, what I did is I went and I bought the bundle Mm -hmm. for like 35. And I was like, okay, you mean to tell me I can get three movies for $5 more? Like, it's just a better value. Yeah, for sure. Um, But that movie is mine now. I own it. And I just think, again, we're in the midst of media and the way media is being distributed and the way media is being owned because you buy a Blu-ray, you own it. Yeah. It's physical. You hold it. I can watch it anytime I want as long as I have a Blu-ray player. Yeah. With digital, like, there's no guarantee even the stuff you own will still be there. Yeah. Based on distribution rights and stuff like that. So it's crazy. Um, but I think it'd be cool if like the reason like the subscription for Disney plus is like all the old stuff, all the Disney shows, the, the archives, the archives. Yeah. And then it's like moving forward, they should add in like you can purchase this movie that's new and right. like you can watch it within the first year. It doesn't get released on the platform for like a year or two years. Interesting. So it adds more incentive like, oh, I saw Mulan in theaters or I really want to see it. Well, that and that, would, and that would be the quote unquote premiere access. I think you but would probably for only be a few months. Exactly, that's, that's the, the part. Point, is the timeline like yes. if Mulan followed the normal video store timeline of like okay, it's going to be in theaters, it's going to be in theaters for four months, and then it's going to be gone for two months, mm-hmm. and then it'll be released on Blu-ray. Like that's essentially six months that you would have access to Mulan. Yeah. For as long as whatever. Because when you go to the theater, you're not owning it. You totally. know, you, you're renting it. Sure. Essentially. Yeah. You know, but yeah, it's it's weird and it'll be weird. Um, I kind of tend to agree with you in that that I think would give more value. Yeah. To that 30 bucks. Yeah. I think if it was like, OK, I'm already paying for the subscription, but now I can choose to pay for this and I have like exclusivity to like watch it because I purchased it for like the first six months to a year, whatever that timeline is. I feel like that would make it seem like, Oh, I want to get that. But knowing that it's just going to like, you can watch it till the end of like November or whatever. And then it's gone for just like one month and then everybody gets it to me. It's like, well, I've already waited like six months for this movie to watch it anyways. Why not just wait till it's like, accessible for like the thing I'm already paying absolutely for. I don't know and I wonder what I mean we'll see like you we'll see this is all still very new it's very interesting because I'm on Instagram a lot and you know now you can people can pay for like sponsored posts or ads right. and like influencers like they have their own ads so like if if Disney's working with an influencer like I've seen so many sponsored ads meaning like someone's paying to get this post right. in front of me for influencers that are like sharing about the Disney like premiere to purchase Mulan specifically. I wonder how cheap so it is. Like Disney is putting I mean it's not cheap to pay an influencer for a post. But that's like adver- that. that's the change of advertising. Of course. But it could be like five digits to six digits to pay an influencer for one post. And then Disney then is like putting money into that to spread it as an ad even further. So Disney is definitely trying to figure it out and trying to get this movie in front of people to want to purchase. That's, that's the new version of the 32nd commercial that you would see on television. Totally. So let's shift gears here a little bit. I want to talk very quickly about Disney remakes. And I think we've had this conversation every time we talk about a Disney remake, um, on the podcast, but in, I have basically broken it down so that there are four types 
of Disney remakes. There's the the exact adaptation, which is like Beauty and the Beast, The Lion King, Aladdin, kind of, you know, they, the, the, but pretty much exact. Yeah. There's the slight changes to the overall story, which is like Alice in Wonderland mm-hmm. had slight changes. The Jungle Book had slight changes. Even Aladdin had a slight changes about like, like, for example, Jasmine's role as a, as a ruler. Yeah. You know, Beauty and the Beast, pretty much all the characters were the same. You got a new song. Yeah. This one, there's actual changes to character motivation. Aladdin. And yeah. Whatnot. And there's like a new character. There's newer characters there's newer that characters. have a little bit more. Exactly. Um, then you have the quote unquote from a different point of view or from a different time. So like the Maleficent movies mm-hmm. or Christopher Robin or, uh, you know, probably Cruella, which is coming out or which will come out. You have then the total reimaginings, yeah, which really hasn't happened a ton. Um, it's it's mostly was Pete's Dragon, and the funny thing is, is that Pete's Dragon wasn't ad- wasn't an adaptation of an animated film. It was half animated, half live action, yeah. And they just took the concept of it and they made what I think is one of their best movies. It's a great movie, Pete's Dragon. Low key, I know I keep mentioning it, but it's. Incredible. It really is a great movie. Um, Really, really good. And then like Dumbo. Dumbo was another one where it's like, it's kind of in the middle where the first like 30 minutes of that movie are exact, but then it's like, we're going to do this whole other crazy thing. And Mm -hmm. by the way, Michael Keaton's in it. Like that kind of thing. Yeah. So first one, I want to know what what your favorite one or two remakes were. Ooh, I really liked the... Cinderella movie. Cinderella's like was almost might be the best one. I think it's just like so beautiful. Mm -hmm. The characters are so well casted. All of the actors did an incredible job in their roles. And it's very similar to the movie. There's no singing in it from what I remember, right? I believe so, yeah. So that's one of my favorites. I really liked Beauty and the Beast and The Lion King was like insanely beautiful. Right. Um, But... Yeah, I would say Cinderella is probably my favorite. I haven't seen like them all more than twice, probably. Sure. Um, but Cinderella is the one that sticks out as being like maybe like the first exact adaptation of like mm-hmm. a Disney remake where it's like very, very similar to the exact story. It kind of did it. It kind of set the standard for what we're getting now. Yeah, because it was like Cinderella came out and then they announced all these other remakes. And then a lot of people were like, oh, I hope Beauty and the Beast is similar to Cinderella, where it's like very similar to the cartoon Mm -hmm. that you know and love. And yeah. And they did. And like, I loved Beauty and the Beast, uh, despite the fact that it was an exact copy. Like, I I really enjoyed the energy. Yeah, me Um, too. I really liked Aladdin. Like, yeah, I liked Aladdin a lot. I as liked well. Aladdin a lot. I think you're right that Cinderella is might be the most underappreciated of all of them. Yeah. Um, and then of course Peach Dragon is incredible. Peach like, Dragon is, is just so incredible. Um, I think the thing that like um like Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin, so good, but definitely like musical theatery, like kacha, like very production, spirit right? fingers. Yeah. Whereas Cinderella was just like a really beautiful film and mm-hmm. like you knew the story and it was told very similar. But I don't know. It was just like so well done. I loved that one. And I would argue, and again, we we'll get into non-spoiler thoughts in a second, but I would argue that Mulan is probably the most similar to that. Yes. In that it falls into that like slight changes. No, no singing. Spoiler yeah. alert, I guess. I think everyone who knew about this movie knows that there was. If you saw the trailer and you imagine that they're going to break out for a girl worth fighting for in the middle of the serious Chinese army training, 
I hate to break it to you, but you were incorrect. <laughs> Sadly. Um, but yeah, and there's a lot more coming out in terms of remakes. Like they got Cruella, you mm-hmm. know, with Emma Stone coming out, which I I, I have no idea what that movie's going to be like. I think it's going to be more Maleficent, uh-huh. like, but but who knows? But they're doing Little Mermaid. They're doing Peter Pan and Wendy. They're doing another Jungle Book. They're doing Snow White. They're doing oh, Pinocchio. And I never saw Lady and the Tramp, but that was one that, that went was straight another to Disney+. One. Pl- that was just a subscription. Like, you got that movie on the subscription. But I never saw that one. So. That was uh, one of the launch titles yeah. of, of that to get people kind of into it. And mm-hmm. it didn't, you know, and that was much like Cinderella. Cinderella only cost $100 million, uh-huh. which... By today's standards, is cheap. Yeah, you know, and same with Lady and the Tramp. Lady and the Tramp costs like fifty to sixty million dollars. Yeah, and like Disney can do that, and they can make certain remakes. Mm-hmm. Low key, like if you make the Fox and the Hound, okay. like you don't have to spend one hundred fifty million dollars on the Fox and the no. Hound. You just get a fox and a dog. Yeah, like that's it. And <laughs> it'll be like do. digitally, like yeah. I don't know the word. Well, however you want to do it. Yeah. But like, again, like if you're going to make Hercules, <laughs> that movie's going to cost $250 million. Sure. So it's, it's all risk versus reward here. So let's talk about Mulan. Yes. Where now kind of parlaying that last question into Mulan, where would you say Mulan falls in the spectrum of remakes? I think it's a little bit of exact adaptation. And then, I mean, with slight changes to the overall story. Right. But it also has a little bit from a different point of view. A little bit, yeah. A little bit. Um, It's like all of them but the total reimagining. Right. I feel like it's a little bit of all those other categories. Yeah. We'll we'll save it for spoilers to get into, like, what was different and what was similar and what were the references and stuff like that. But suffice it to say... This feels like the most even, and in terms of story and execution, the most like even adaptation of them all in that it does have enough references to the original. Mm-hmm. It has enough changes that are like, oh, familiar. Yeah. It has enough new stuff to change character motivations and mm-hmm. whatnot. Has new characters, has different characters, has deeper layers yeah. to some characters as well. Um, and looks amazing, like looks incredible. Yeah, it's really beautiful. And that's my one thing against like the home viewing experience that the one thing I wish I was, I, I, I thought the most when I was watching it was, man, I wish I was in a dark theater watching, looking at this shot in a, on a huge screen. Totally. Because there are a couple of images in this movie. Just the opening. It's yeah. like beautiful landscapes in China. And yeah. I was just like, man, this would be so beautiful, like on a big screen. Pause I totally it, agree. print it out, frame it. Yeah. Like, Gorgeous cinematography. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that was like my biggest takeaway of it is that visually speaking, uh, the director, Nikki Caro, like crushes it in terms of what the, this movie is a gorgeous movie. Yeah, it is. Top to bottom, incredibly, incredible looking film. Mm-hmm. Very well shot, well staged. Um, the art design, the production design, all of it is top notch. And that makes watching it on my big screen at home, which like, listen, I have a nice television. <laughs> But it's just not the same. Yeah. You know? So that's that's tough. What did you overall think of the movie without tr- getting into too many spoilers? I really liked it. I would definitely watch it again. Um, me being just like 
I love the original cartoon. Mm-hmm. I love musical theater. So like a part of me was sad that there weren't songs in it sure. in a weird way. Um, but it was beautifully done. It reminded me of like, God, we kept referencing Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Yeah. And I had never seen that, but Matt was telling it me about it right. and explaining it to me. And we kept being like, oh, yeah, this is definitely that. Like, the kind of anti-gravity. Mm-hmm. The, the, it defi- and that's another interesting thing about this film is that that you got Nikki Cairo, you have an entire um, crew and, and cast of people of Chinese descent and you look at Aladdin, and Aladdin was directed by freaking Guy Ritchie. Yeah. Who directed King Arthur and Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels and stuff like that. Now, to Guy Ritchie's credit, he tried to bring in a little bit of that Bollywood mm-hmm. touch to it, particularly yeah. with like a friend like me and Prince Ali and stuff like that. With this, it's very clearly respectful of the or- origins and the, the history of Chinese Definitely. cinema and martial arts. Yeah. Um, so I appreciated that as well. I remember not liking Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon when I first saw it long, mm-hmm. long ago because of that bullshit. Yeah. And I was like, why are they, <laughs> why, why are they prancing around treetops? That's not how gravity works. Yeah. But they make it work here. And I'm obviously I'm older and smarter than I was back then. So it's like, I get it. It's the style. Yeah. Um, I liked that. And we won't say which specific songs, but I do like that they referenced some of the previous songs in the score. Yeah. I appreciated that a lot. Yeah, that was nice. Um, And I thought everybody, like, in the movie is pretty freaking great. Uh, Yeah. Like, um, and I am not going to be able to pronounce any of these Chinese names correctly, so I apologize. But the main girl's really good. Uh, Liu Yifei, whatever. Um, uh, Mulan. You know, the main actress that plays Mulan is pretty darn good in it. Yeah, you know? she is really good. She's good at showing off that steely resolve mm-hmm. and whatnot. And then obviously you have like some big time Chinese actors in this movie. You got Jet Li as the emperor. Like Jet Li is, is that's the biggest guy ever practically. Yeah. You got Donnie Yen, who's kind of the leader. He's... He's Commander Tung, who we'll get into more spoilers on what that whole thing is about. But Donnie Yen and Jet Li are like the two biggest martial artists in China. And to have them in this Disney movie is pretty rad. Yeah. Gan Li, obviously. Uh, Jason Scott Lee, who was actually the star of Disney's first live action remake. He was Mowgli. In the Jungle Book way back in the day. Do you remember yeah, that? Yeah, we were talking about that when we were watching it, actually. It's like bringing him back into the family. Uh-huh. He, he did a voice for Lilo and Stitch, too. So he's big in the Disney family and whatnot. But, like, they all did great. Yeah. I loved, I think, uh, C. Ma as um, the father. Mm-hmm. Maybe the best. And I remember him from the consulate from Rush Hour. He was the the main, like, guy they were trying to protect and whose yeah. daughter they were trying to get back. Yeah. And I really appreciated, I think that in this movie was brought out a little bit more. Maybe it hit me a little bit more personally, but I think that they really emphasized that relationship and a father with with his children a little bit more. Um, and I appreciated that. Like, mm-hmm. that was really, that got me. Mm-hmm. Those bastards, they got me with it. Um how did you like this without getting into the specifics? How did yeah. you like the small changes and whatnot? Um, they were 
fine. I wasn't <laughs> opposed to them, but it's hard to like go into a movie where like you know what the story is going to be and right. then you're like, why did they add this or what was the point of adding this? Right. Um, so there were moments in the movie where I was like, oh, that's clever. That's smart. Mm -hmm. And then there were moments where I was just like, that's kind of silly. Like, I don't really understand why they wouldn't just keep the like original from the cartoon. Sure. And you know, I know that so many people feel that way about like everything Disney, like don't touch this because it's sacred. It's true. So like it's ballsy for Disney to want to remake things and evolve and like redo stories. Like it's only natural to want to do that. Like, I understand why, but Disney fans and like myself, there's moments where it's like, don't touch it. Like, it's so good. Like, why would you change that? So there were little things in the movie where I was like, that's kind of like cheesy, but like, I understand it. Like, it's fine. Like, I get that way about some things and, and it's hard because we love the originals of things so much. Yeah. Like, Jurassic World comes out. Yeah. And you get so many people who are just like, this is bullshit. Jurassic Park is the best. This movie is nothing. And then you have somebody like me who's like, I now have two Jurassic movies. Like, even though there were the sequels and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, I now, like, I'm fine with it. The, the Mulan still exists yes. in its cartoon form. Yeah. Guess what? You can watch it on Disney Plus. Yes. Like right next, right after totally. this one. Um, and this, like you brought up a really interesting point, which is that this is the nature of storytelling. It's just more compact than in what it's always been. Yeah. Each generation is going to get the same version of a story. Yeah. Like it's always happened. Maybe it hasn't always been a carbon copy. You know, maybe it hasn't always been a quote unquote direct remake. Yeah. But like every version of of a particular story of a hero rising up or whatever, it's been told generation after generation after generation. Totally. To me, this is just smart and efficient by Disney. Yeah. Like, is it unoriginal? Sure. You could call it that. But why be completely original when you can literally remake your entire like I can't wait. And I think I've said this before on the podcast. Until, like, we're 60. Yeah. And, like, there's, like, the Incredibles remake. But sure. it's live action. Yeah. And, like, who knows what that would look like. But they, you could make that movie Easily. live action. So yeah. I was into it. Now, obviously, there's there's a lot of stuff that we got to talk about in regards to spoilers. Well, it's, it's easier to talk about with spoilers. Yeah. Um, but before we do that, we got to give our popcorn ratings. Yes. What's that noise? Popcorn. Popcorn? Uh-huh. I only eat popcorn at the movies. So if you've never listened to an episode of the Pop- Popcorn Diet Podcast before, welcome. We do our ratings a little bit differently on this show. Instead of thumbs up or thumbs down, instead of a number of stars, we have popcorns and different levels of popcorn to give it. Burnt popcorn means a movie is garbage. It is trash. Don't waste your time. We've never given a burnt popcorn thus far on the show. Um, stale popcorn means like if you absolutely need to watch this fine maybe don't pay money for it yeah uh microwave popcorn is it's fine it's middle of the road uh it's it's good in parts it's bad in parts your mileage may vary movie theater popcorn means if you can you should probably go see this in a movie theater in a dark theater big screen obviously it's a little bit different right now but essentially it's our you should probably give this movie your time and then perfect popcorn is 
definitely see it. See it however you can. If you can see it on the biggest, most beautiful screen possible, do that. Yeah. And then if we ever fall in the middle, we always give it a soda. So, Leah, what is your popcorn rating for Mulan? I think microwave popcorn. Interesting. Yeah, that's around the three, right? Middle yeah, if we had to give three. it a star rating, it's 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 middle of the road. It's fine. Yeah. So, and it, with, that's interesting because you said that you liked it. Yeah. But also, I think when we get into spoilers, we'll break down some of the things that didn't jive for you. Yeah, I think just like based off the rating, like... Mm-hmm. Would I have liked to see this in the theater? Yes. Would seeing this in the theater change my rating? I don't know. Maybe. I think the things that I found a little silly and kind of like just silly is the best word. Kind of silly in the movie are the reasons why it's like a microwave popcorn. Um, It's a beautiful film. I feel bad giving it that rating. but (laughs) This is your opinion. Yeah. So I would say a three... um, like a microwave popcorn. Yeah, there are people out there who will see this movie and will love it. And there yes. are people out there who will be like, eh, okay. Yes. Um, For me, I put it right on that movie theater popcorn type level. Uh, just right in that this is a good movie. Yeah. Like it is well made on its own in a vacuum. It's well made. It's a good movie. Uh, it got me emotionally. The action's really good. Um, there are a few issues that I have with it in a vacuum. Um, without referencing the original at all. Yeah. Um, at times it feels a little small, which is weird. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when when you've seen these Game of Thrones battles, there are times where this movie feels a little bit smaller. Yeah. Which is probably needed because you're focusing on a single character. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't put one... It's, it's a lot harder to focus on Mulan, who is this singular character foot soldier yeah if you have a million soldiers totally so there were times like that um that i was i was kind of surprised um but f- overall like i enjoyed it like I, it was worth the 30 dollars to me uh and that's ultimately like your decision to make i yeah. don't think any review i mean every movie review is like ultimately it's your decision on whether or not you want to spend money on it yeah um i thought it was worth it i enjoyed it um so yeah Movie movie theater popcorn for me. Now, okay. let's get into spoilers, but before we do, we got to take a quick break. What's up, good movie buddies? Before we continue, I want to remind everyone that you can get free episodes of The Popcorn Diet delivered to you just by hitting the subscribe button or following us wherever you're listening from. So take a second, hit the button, give us a rating, write us a review, share us with the other good movie buddies out there. We also want to remind you to check us out on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash the popcorn diet and consider becoming a patron of this little independent movie podcast filled with love. Not only is it going to help us improve the podcast, keep the podcast going, but it's also going to give you exclusive patron-only access to things like early episodes, franchise refills episodes, and more. So check that out by going to patreon.com slash the popcorn diet. Of course, we don't want you to forget that you can also follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram at The Popcorn Diet. And last but certainly not least, you can find all of our latest regular episodes, articles, and more on our website, popcorndietpodcast.com. Let's get back to it. All right, spoiler time. So this is where we can get into 
I mean, I think probably when it comes to these Disney movies, these Disney remakes, most of the spoilers can be just be spent talking about what was changed and what was not changed. Yeah. So let's just go right at it hard. What was the most egregious, like, offensive change? Not offensive. That's not the right word. But what was the one that, like, got were like got you the the worst? I mean, Mushu was like an iconic character, and the fact that they changed him into a kite. <laughs> it's not real. I mean, you know what I mean. It's a bird. It's the phoenix. So yeah, they changed Mushu into like a phoenix, and I don't know. Every time the phoenix like showed up in the movie, I was just like, "This freaking looks like a freaking kite." Like it just like didn't seem like anything more than that. And I get what they were doing with the story, right? Which was like the phoenix ancestor mm-hmm. watch over Mulan, um, but. Yeah, like Mushu was such a character, like he was a main character in the movie. I feel like that's similar to like Aladdin, uh, Aladdin not having genie in a way. Like, interesting, you know, obviously, like the genie is also part of like the main cast of characters in Aladdin, but to have like, I don't know, I just thought it was like missing that, like whole character was just completely gone whether or not it was like a funny character or whatever but like the whole story of Mulan her relationship with Mushu right as like her guardian it just wasn't there it wasn't there right and so for me like that was like a big part of the movie that I felt like it was missing something interesting so I I'll admit I haven't seen the cartoon Mulan in a while so I know Mushu yeah and I know like a lot of, and it's Eddie Murphy to an animated character, and you know that's that's gonna be big time. Yeah, I just knew that what they were trying to do here with making this film and having it be like culturally resonant with China, mm-hmm. which we won't get into the politics of it, but like I knew there's just no room for a CGI Mushu voiced by like Kevin Hart. But not even that, like not even the actual character. I- not the like dynamic, the dynamic of the character, like Mulan shared like moments in the cartoon talking to Mushu and right. Mushu was like pumping her up. Right. And it was like in the new Mulan, it's like a Phoenix flying above her, uh-huh. guiding her at moments. It's all internalized. It looks like a kite. And to me, it's like she's feeling like empowered to do it on her own. But I like the dynamic of like this, like little guardian, like with her being like, you can fucking do this. I missed, <laughs> I missed Cree Cree. <laughs> the little cricket. Oh my God. The cricket. <laughs> but like, the, so I get your point. Like obviously so, uh, not like a freaking dragon following her around, but even if it was like the Phoenix and it was just like how it showed up, like, Maybe not just like a kite flying above her. There, I keep saying a kite because it looked just because like its a kite tail in the movie. is is very kite like. Yes. I think that's by design, obviously. Yes, it's a representation of Chinese ancestry and culture, and Definitely. that's obviously kites are a big part of that. Definitely, I just I guess for me it was like missing a whole character that people like love. Sure, and it didn't have to be a character. Like the whole character could have been reimagined. I almost feel like they just like didn't even want to try to reimagine the character to fit this movie yeah they internalized a lot of her like and that's the point of one of the biggest points of Mushu from like just a storytelling perspective is that it's an animated film right and so uh, an animated character's face can't express as much totally and that internal struggle is harder to depict internally 
in an animated film. And that's what they did with this live action film is they took all of those moments where she's like, I'm not sure if I can. Yeah. And uh, internalized it. Yeah. I also, and one other thing that I want to mention is the chi. Yes. And I do think that this is one thing that sort of, it's funny how this movie does a number of things to empower Mulan, Mm -hmm. but also does a number of things to also make her seem less special. Yeah. Um, because she is a good fighter right away. Yeah. Like she, one of the best parts about the cartoon Mulan is that she, um, as she gets better, is she uses her wits. Yes. Right. So in like in the cartoon, they have the pole where it's like you got to climb up the pole. Yeah. Right. And get the arrow, and they're all trying to climb it, and then eventually during the freaking Donny Osmond song, which is dope, she uses the the <laughs> the scarf or whatever and the weights to help herself climb up the pole. Like, yes. that's using wits and logic, yes. right? In this, it's they have to go up a mountain and carry two pails of water. With their arms staying straight out. Yeah, which is like, the that sucks. I like, can't I can carry right groceries now. from my car to the house no. doing that. And she doesn't do, and that is a test of physical strength and determination. Yes. It's not a test of wits. No. And so ultimately it's her like learning to harness her chi, which is essentially the force, which is funny because the force was the, was based off of that concept anyways. Yeah. So we've come full circle where (laughs) this Mulan is using chi, like Star Wars used the force which was based on the teachings of Chi. So, like, we're full circle now yeah. again. You can't say this is ripping off Star Wars because Star Wars was ripping Ripped off it. Eastern yeah. philosophy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But that does take a little bit something away from her wits and determination because it's just about harnessing this power within her. Yes. And we see from, like, training camp. Like, she, she fights with what's his name? The pretty boy, Chen, uh, and it's like the pretty boy, and takes her to takes him to task. Yeah, and so there's well, something- right from the beginning. She like pulls a sword and she's like, "Don't fuck with me." Yeah, ex- <laughs> exactly. So there's there. It's interesting in that it does empower her, but in a different way than the movie or than the previous cartoon. Yeah. So it's like, is that good or is that bad? Yeah, you know. Um, I found that to be particularly interesting. Obviously, no singing. No singing, but which is not the worst. I, it definitely wasn't. That was not um, like a negative factor for me. It like, didn't leave this big gaping hole. In totally. The I wasn't watching it and being like, oh, I just wish that she would sing. Or Boy, I really wish we would, would have gotten You'll Bring Honor to Us All. Exactly. <laughs> Out of all the songs, I wish I had that one. But no, the singing, of course, the songs are so much fun. It's a great soundtrack. Right. True to Your Heart is maybe the best Mulan song ever. <laughs> but of I, all the songs. I know, of all the songs. But I, I didn't mind no singing. It was a beautiful film. So I right. think if you added the singing with the colors of the film too, it would very much look like Aladdin in a sense. Mm-hmm. Like the villagers and the people in the movie wore like very bright colors yeah. similar to Aladdin and so if they came out in song and dance I think it would look very similar and, in that way and there's also not I mean and I say this being relatively uneducated here but I think it's safe to say 
that when it comes to like the Middle East and India and whatnot, there is more of a culture of singing and dancing. I mean, Bollywood yeah. in general than there is from China. Yeah. I don't know how many musicals come out of China. Yeah. Um, so there's also that aspect of we want to keep this culturally relevant. Yeah. And that the songs wouldn't fit in. I, what I did appreciate, though, is that. They referenced almost every single one of them. They did. And, and the that's, score, and then even in some of the dialogue. Yeah, like they literally say, you'll bring honor to us all. They say, we're going to make men out of you. Yeah, and then like, there's a part where the, all the guys are sitting at a table and they're like, what do you look for in a girl? Yeah. And then like one guy's like, I don't care as long as like she cooks. And yeah. like they were referencing like kind of lyrics from that song. Exactly. Which I liked because it's like you're painting the picture of like, oh, this is like that scene happening now in this new adaptation of this movie. And then the biggest one they do is they bring reflection back in the score. Henry Gregson yes. Williams. Is it Henry Gregson Williams? Henry... Yeah, Gregson Williams, who did the score for like Shrek and stuff like that, which is a really good animated film score. Mm -hmm. He does the score for this movie. The score is very good. Yes, it the is. The musical score in this movie is very good. And there's a couple of moments where they bring reflection in as yes. an orchestral version. Like when she's riding down the mountain into mm -hmm. battle and it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. I, like we're getting for real now, yes. you know? And I really appreciated that too. And I appreciated how well that it worked um, in... In the score itself. Yeah, I like that they gave her her theme. Yep. That was like the reflection mm -hmm. that you know and love. The da, 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 uh -huh. Was uh -huh. like now her theme in like the last third of the movie. Yeah, yeah. And I, I like really that liked a lot. that. Um, now, correct me if I'm... And then I guess the last... What were the big changes? The, the biggest change is that there's two bad guys. Um, yeah. Because you have the barbarian, which is Jason Scott Lee, who's pretty much the same. He has a little bit more motivation in this movie. Like he's he's in it per, for it personally. Yes. And there are a couple of I've read in a couple of reviews that the villains are not interesting. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't think that's true at all. Mm -hmm. I think that you have Jason Scott Lee and you have the witch who I don't even know. Zian Lang. She if was she's... in um, Memoirs of a Geisha. There you go. Gong I Lee. was like, she looks so familiar. And then I looked it up and I was like, oh, she's oh, that's the main why. girl in Memoirs of a Geisha. And the thing is, is they each have their own personal motivations. Like the barbarian, whose name is Borakan, um, he's fueled by the fact that the emperor killed his father. Mm -hmm. So there's personal stakes there as well. But he's also like trying to like take down this empire. And one of the reasons that he is able to kind of keep the witch under control is that the witch is basically a mirror version of Mulan, somebody mm -hmm. who embraced her chi. Because in this movie, the chi is only to be embraced by men. Yes. And women who embrace it are ostracized. Yes. They're so, exiled. So, like, in the beginning, Mulan is a little girl using her chi. And, like, her dad, like, looks proud and then gets, like, weird looks. And he's like, Mulan, don't use your chi. You gotta use it. Yeah. yeah. So, it's, like, from the beginning, she's told, you can't be yourself. You can't use that. Right. Like, don't use your power. Don't find that, like, inner core that, like, you shouldn't have. You're right. a daughter. Oh, you're supposed to just be get married and that will bring us honor. And right. Mulan's like, what the fuck? Yeah, no exactly. <laughs> so, the witch was exactly like you said, like a mirror image of like Mulan. However, the witch was ostracized yep. at some point. Yep. You don't really know a full story, but you know that at some point she was basically, what's the word? She was like exiled. Exiled. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, and I like that, like, she turns into a bird because that's a reference to, like, the original the hawk, bad guys yeah. and his hawk and whatnot. But, like, they are interesting. And, and they exist, particularly the witch exists, to give Mulan another form of, um, of adverse, uh, adversity, yeah. essentially. Because if you're going to give her this strong chi power... Like, you got to give her something that's going to challenge her loyalty. Yeah. Right? And I appreciated that. I appreciated that they, she has these moments where it's just like, you're different. You're a liar. You need to be true to yourself. Like, this is the only way it's done. Like, they're going to hate you. Yeah. And she, the witch, is speaking from experience. Exactly. Like, she's trying to genuinely warn Mulan. Like, just be yourself and, like, come with me and I'll teach you how to do all of this cool stuff that exactly. I'm doing. And, like, I'll she wants to, fingers. yeah, she wants to, like, <laughs> embrace Mulan and show her, like, listen, like, these guys and these people that you're being loyal to don't want you to use your power. But, like, screw them they didn't want me to either but like look at how powerful right. i am like i'll show you how to do that and that's interesting it and is. i like i agree and i like that there's that one moment where like the witch is questioning him the um Boricon, and he's like don't you want to live in a world where you're accepted you know so yeah. that's like an interesting dynamic of like it plays very well into the chinese politics and gender politics of of not only days and old but likely now as well. Um, and it, it gives the villains a bigger motivation than just like, I want to take over. Totally. Even though ultimately like that's what it is. Yeah. And so I don't understand the, the critics who are just like, the villains are uninteresting. Like I just, I think that's untrue. Yeah. I agree with you. I think that they are both interesting. I also liked how, um, this movie does get away with being funny a little bit, even though it doesn't have time for like Mushu or anything like that. Yeah. Like it does give the kind of goofy soldier sidekicks that they had in the movie. Yeah. And See, I thought that was like a silly part, like the cricket character. Yeah. They named him cricket, which I just put together. Maybe they were referencing the little cricket by naming him cricket. Maybe. I don't know. But I was like, oh, my God, this guy. Like I was kind of annoyed by the silliness of them because it was like, for me, it was, like, not enough. Like, it wasn't played up enough that it was, like, what is sure. happening, if that makes sense? Um, was he the one who... I did like, though, how at the end of the battle, like, it cuts to him sitting against the wall, and you think he died. Yeah. And it's like, oh. And yeah. then he wakes up, and I was like, oh. Me too. Like, you got me. Like, because it's it's perfect. It just was really well done. Like, it's perfectly within the realm of possibility that a movie this serious would have a body count of some kind. Yes. And I just think it was a really well done trick. Yeah, like, I did too. I was like, oh, they killed that dummy. And then they got him back. <laughs> and then the, he was fine. And like they got like he's shooting like bow and arrow at the end. He's doing the over like it was just cool. I yeah. was into it and stuff like that. But that was the other one of the other things I wanted to talk about, which was the action. Right. Because mm -hmm. the action is really good. Yeah. But this is a 200 million dollar movie. And, like, there were some times where it felt like the battles were just, like... And, and they do it in the story. Like, they say, like, okay, it's one garrison. Yeah. Like, it's not an army versus an army. Yeah. And I respect that. But at the same time, it felt like, you know, oh, this is only 100 guys against 100 guys. Yeah. It did and feel small. I agree. It does feel a little small. Yes. You know? Um, I think... I think every fighting action scene, it 
it did feel small. It didn't feel like there was enough in them. It felt that, but it, and it, it feels that way despite the fact that they are well choreographed. Yes. And very well shot. Yes. And very well executed. Mm-hmm. But it's like, couldn't you spend another $10 million in CGI to just put like a, another couple thousand soldiers sure. around? Yeah. Like <laughs> no. to me, I don't know. It feels like a uh, freaking Anchorman street fight in a way. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. A like, little bit. Hey, like you guys. And, you know, one of the th- other things I thought was really silly was like, the freaking avalanche when she's like on her horse riding through it, but it's like killing everyone else. I just was like, is that really believable? I don't really know. There were just aspects of it where I was like, how did she get from here to there? There was one cut where she's running toward, she's, there was one cut that was really jarring where she is riding towards the, the uh, trebuchets, the cannonballs or whatever they're doing. And then the next cut, she's behind them. Yeah. And I was like, whoa. And I got it, but it was missing, like, one Something. cut. Yeah, like, it was just, like, how did she get there? That whole scene, like, which was supposed to be the big action scene, and that's where Mulan's finally, like, I'm going to be myself. Which and- is different from the movie, right? Like, yes. isn't she, she gets knocked out in the movie, and they discover she's a female, right? I don't, God, I actually don't remember I'm going to figure this out. I keep what, keep talking remember. us through that section. I'm going to. But uh, no, like that scene is like basically she's like you said, she's riding towards the enemy and they're firing off these huge like flame balls to like get her side of the army. And it's just kind of like, wh- how did she get from there to there? And she set up like all these helmets to make it look like there was a whole group with her. Yep. It just was like, where did it it like you said it seemed like it was missing a scene it, it like was it just missing went like really a, fast cuz the one thing and one thing i learned about watching tenet the first time i saw tenet this, the the aspect ratio was off and the movie was severely zoomed in oh uh-huh and there for like the first 3 minutes You're before like, they before they stopped it and rewound it and were like we're going to frame it correctly again but there was like is Chris, did christopher nolan make the whole movie like that yeah <laughs> but the, it's amazing how movies are people don't understand that movies are a complex magic trick that require a lot of subliminal subconscious things to be able to effectively tell a story yeah. whether it be how big or how small the frame is or in this case showing people the geography of how something works. And it literally could have been a two-second shot of overhead of her horse riding around. Exactly. And then, boom, okay, we get it. She's flanking them and moving behind them. But because we missed that shot, it is confusing. Yes. Ultimately, it makes sense. Yes, it but, does. But in our brains, it's like we're like, going Whoa. from A to B, and then suddenly we're at F. Totally. And we know how we got to F. Yes, you know, C, D, E, F, but we didn't see it. Exactly. And that makes it tougher. Exactly. But you were right. So in the mo- in the movie, she decides, screw it. I'm going to be me. Yeah. And in the animated film, she gets wounded and they find out that she's a woman. So they, it gives her a little bit more agency when it comes to that whole reveal. Yeah. You know, where her deception... It, it gives her a level of honesty. Yes. You know? And that's like the whole Mulan character in the in this new film is... Right. She wants the three things. What is it? Uh, trust or... It's... Gosh. Tr- gosh. It's it, like brave... Loyalty, loyal. honor, true, and then 
uh, um, duty to family. Something, right? Yeah. yeah. And it's like she basically can't use her full chi because she's living a lie. She's mm -hmm. pretending to be this dude. And so once she realizes like, oh, I just need to be me and I can be like the badass person that I right. know that I am. And then it's like she is. And then like her commander's like, you're expelled. Like right. you lie. Don't you lie. ever come back. And it just is like, well, like that's dumb like she just saved all of you why isn't there why isn't she like i just did that avalanche you guys don't <laughs> understand you won because i like did that thing like i don't know i have a hard time when like you as the audience know what happened right. and, like why aren't you just using your voice and saying like hey like i actually just like kicked a bunch of ass for you guys i get what you're saying but i mean it's part of the it's part of the time in which it's made and that she knows that she is going against, she knows that she's breaking the law. Yeah. Despite her motivations, she knows that she's breaking the law and she has the honor in which to take that discipline. Yeah. And that's what makes Mulan, and again, there's a difference between the character of Mulan versus, that's just a different character. The character yeah. who just won't shut up. Yeah. Like that's, there's a lack of intelligence in that character, maybe. Um, maybe, uh, but you see that all the time where it's just like, you know, like Hamilton, talk less, smile more. Yeah. Like it's this case where, listen, I know I broke the law. I know I saved all of your asses, but like ultimately the rule of law comes first. And so she's just like bowing and, and she also recognizes and still uh, has that honor. Yeah. To respect the chain of command. Yeah. Um, last thing we'll talk about. Well, we could just talk about all types of things, but they also changed the character. There is no, uh, what was his name? Uh, Shan Yu. The, uh, there is no, in the, in the cartoon Mulan, her romance is with her commanding officer. Yeah. Which is, in this day and age, a problem. Yeah. Uh, and they changed that. They yeah, created they two different characters. Um, originally it was, God, what the hell is his name? Because like the internet is real thirsty for him. Oh my god! And gosh. I don't know if you are or not. And you know what? The cartoon? I, I don't need you to, listen, I don't need to know. I'm definitely not, but they're thirsty for the cartoon? Yeah, Li Shang. Wow, Li Shang. I didn't know that. Because he's, he's shirtless, he's ripped. Cartoon, listen, people are, different people are oh, into different things. Oh my god! We're not here to shame anybody. Suffice it to say, that's so crazy. The internet, the internet was thirsty, but for Li Shang, okay. Commander Li Shang. There is no Li Shang in this movie. No, right? there isn't. There's and Donnie the Yen who plays Tong, who's the commander. And he, that was like a fun little extra story. Was like he worked or he fought against Mulan's father in the previous With war, Mulan's father. where Mulan's father was injured, like where yeah. his whole leg injury comes from. He so knows he the knows honor the, of the family. Yes, he yeah. knows the name. And then you have. Uh, Chen, yes. who is her equal, he's another soldier, yes. but he's like sexy soldier. Ugh. Like all of the other guys, all of the other ones that we talked about yeah. are like, one's like, Cricket's like the little chubby one, yeah. and then there's like the big bearded brute one, totally. and whatever, and then Chen is the sexy one. Like that's just what it is. And I, I'll be honest, like those scenes where she's trying to hide herself, still very stressful. Like yes. when she's in the lake... Yeah. Like, very stressful. But I'm also like, dude, like, 
guys who just want to be friends do that anyways? Well, I don't know. I about, don't know. Well, it, I mean, back in like 1400s feudal like uh, China, like maybe. Maybe. Like, yeah. It's, guys are weird. I don't understand. Listen, we're not going to get into it. Guys but, in general. But I did. I did appreciate <laughs> The women who listen will appreciate that sentence. It's true. It's true. I get it. Um. But yeah, so they were, so when they were like, like lining up to check into the like training camp. Yeah. He, what happened? Got pushed into her and. Yeah. And then she's just like, Hey, watch where you like. And then they just started fighting. Yeah. And so like they meet not on good terms. Right. Like they're both like, F you. Like you suck like they want to fight right, right away and then they start training and what is his name in the movie chen chen he's nice he's like hey like we're on the same team let's put our differences aside like i right. want to know that when we are fighting like you'll have my back and if you won't have my back i need to know that you'll have all of our like teams back right and she's just kind of like leave me alone go away because <laughs> she's like <laughs> like trying to hide who she is yeah um, so like, I understand that aspect of it, but I don't know. I think it would have been fine if they didn't even have a romantic character in the movie at all, because it wasn't enough romance or like enough, like feelings right. for it to really matter. Well, that's like, what I was going to say is that they leave it fleeting. Yeah. They don't at the end of the film. Cause obviously Mulan rolls back in and she's like, they're attacking the city. Yeah. And everyone's like. Like uh, you're gonna, I'm gonna kill you. Yeah, like the and commander's like, like, "What are you doing here?" No, and then Chen's like, "We should listen to Mulan." Yeah, uh, she saved us, yeah. and she's braver than all of us. Yeah, and then ultimately, like they do, like they're like, "Listen, you broke the rules, but your honor and loyalty is above reproach." Yes, you know, and they all go into the city, and they have that same thing. I did miss them blowing up the villain with fireworks. Totally. Like that, that last fight was pretty rad. Like credit where credit's due. Yeah. That last fight was pretty rad. And the fact that the witch winds up sacrificing herself because she recognizes that Mulan is like the actual change. Yes. Like that's pretty impressive. That made me emotional. And then I love that the emperor, like of course Jet Li is going to be like the baddest dude on the planet and catch the arrow. Of course. And then set Mulan up with the assist like Steve Nash. Oh my gosh. Toss the arrow up and she freaking dragon kicks it right you into the dude. You have to really be into like the idea of what the chi is to really appreciate But they those also establish the that Mulan is very good at kicking sharp objects into things. Like they they established that a couple of times. Yeah. So like that's her finishing move. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, whoa, that's not realistic. Like no. when you first see the enemies and they all are like witches or what I've shadow They're fighters or something like, like that. just like marauders and she's the witch. But they also have Chi themselves. Yeah. The, the guy's part of uh, Khan, is that his yeah. name? Yeah. His group. Yeah. And like when they first go into like the first little like village or whatever, like they're walking up walls or like running up walls. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's like silly. Like if people can just do that, why do walls even exist? And, that, and that's the thing is you just got to watch Crouching you just, Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Exactly. You just have to like lean into like the unbelievable aspects it's, of this It's story. the nature of Chi like it's the very nature of Chinese action cinema. Yeah. Which again, if there are no physics, then why do we even have walls? Like why is there a wall? But um, yeah. So I don't know. I think... Um, the romantic relationship, it ended, there's no kiss, there's no hug, That's there's the nothing, it's anything. This, it's possibility. Exactly. It's after all this is said and done, they're like, Mulan, we want you to be a royal officer. 
And she's like, nah, I got to go back to my family. And freaking Chen is standing on the bridge with her making like goo eyes. Yeah. And they're like, I will see you again. Yeah. And then she pieces off. And I, I, I like that. See, now this is the thing is maybe it's a female male thing. Maybe it's a, you're a little bit more of a romantic and I'm a little bit more of a cynical bastard. I don't, or, or I don't know what it is, but I like that there is enough of that romance to tease the possibility of there being something in the future. And then it doesn't just end with them together. Sure. So I appreciate that. It's fine. I just didn't think there was enough of it in the rest of the film. Sure. Like in Mulan, she kind of is like making googly eyes at um, the commander in the cartoon version, right? Yeah. So it's showing that she's like kind of into this guy. So like she likes him. But in this version, she's like, leave me alone. Like she doesn't. There's at least I didn't catch it. Any like moments where Mulan in this live action version was like, Oh, Chen, like, well, like I'm really into you. Like, well, I also, I, don't know. I also like there's listen, I'm, I'm not somebody who necessarily shares this view, but on the <laughs> internet you got, you got, uh, what, whatever the hell his name is, the, the thirsty animated commander. Oh my God. His yeah. name I keep forgetting. Like a lot of people look at him as like a bisexual icon. Okay. Because okay, he's got he's got dovey eyes theoretically. Yeah, yeah. For for the male version of Mulan, and then it doesn't change with the female version sure. of Mulan. And a lot of people are kind of cheesed off that like they erase this bisexual icon because you're right. There is never a point where Chen in this movie is making googly eyes at male Mulan. Yeah. They're just bros, essentially. Yeah. But then she becomes female and now it's like Hold, hold up, hold up, hold yeah. up. So I don't know. You know, it's it's, it's an interesting. interesting conversation about like, again, sexuality and attraction. Yeah. And all those types of things that they don't really delve into in this movie. Yeah, they don't. But they do like it feels like their romance is only just getting started and yeah. their courtship and flirting and whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Is only just getting started by the end of the film. And there's a part of me that likes that because it leaves there's it leaves more i will say the part of their story in this film is that not at not ever once is mulan like i love him or i'm saving him because i love him right. she's like wants to save him more because she respects him and like likes the things that he like told her well, and about they, and like these having are my our back. soldier brothers exactly you know? and so like i liked that and even at the end like although there was like no kiss or like end love story with them it was like she was just like, this is nice. Like I felt something, but like I'm still going to go. Like yeah. I'm not going to like change my life or my plans right. because like I don't know what this is. <laughs> Even though in her mind still she thinks like the only way to bring honor to my family is by like finding a match. At that point. Exactly. So it's like even then still she's like has the opportunity to be like, hey, look, dad, I found a guy who wants to be with me. Right. And she's still choosing to just go and like not lie or like be honest and be true and like totally like be vulnerable with her parents and be like, this is just what happened. Right. Sorry. And then gets she gets bailed out by the emperor. I know. Like even the emperor is like, I won't accept a no. It's like he yeah. still really wants you to come and like guard him. Right, exactly. Which is again like we're just, what are we going to do? We're just replacing like one lesser man that you have to deal with Mulan with now the emperor who yeah. won't let you say no. Like, like <laughs> it's funny. We could go for ages about this, but we'll I wrap know. it up. Um, before we go, is there anything that, I mean, obviously we got the, the pandemic and whatever. Is there anything yeah. you're doing that you want to plug? Anything that you want to see? Any special messages? Uh, no special messages. I would say just 
uh, anyone who's listening to remember local and small businesses during everything that's going on. If you're shopping, try to shop online with small businesses as much as you can. Like any purchase or any support in that way is beyond helpful to them. Um, even if you have to pay for shipping through them versus Amazon, just remember small businesses like really could use that extra purchase through you rather than making it convenient for yourself by ordering through Amazon or something like that. Do so, you have do you have any particular small business that you um, would encourage people to check out? There's a local company here in Arizona called Standard Wax. They do custom candles. So you can pick your scent. You can pick your container, your label. You can basically design a candle that smells amazing, is made with soy wax, and Ooh. pick a label that matches like your style. And it's, it's not like Gold Canyon pumpkin patch or something <laughs> like that. It's actually like... The labels are designed by artists and she gives back to artists. So that's just a fun little way that you can give back to multiple people. Um, there's a vintage, uh, like kind of vintage, but boutique style store in Phoenix called Francis. And they have like everything. They have like cocktail mixers, clothing, shoes, jewelry, like home goods. So if you're looking for a gift or anything like that, I would check out Shop Francis Vintage and see if you can find anything there. I like um, it. But other than that, yeah, I just kind of want to keep promoting small businesses and like obviously shopping on Amazon is so easy. I do it sure. often, but if I can find what I'm looking for outside of Amazon, I'll go the extra mile and pay the extra small right. amount in shipping just because I know that's going into directly like a family's like financial situation, being able to pay exactly. for a mortgage or rent or food. So it's definitely convenient to shop online these days, but maybe just go the extra mile if you find something on Amazon or a big a website from a big corporate company like just try to find a way to support the actual store the actual maker and maybe even try to find a version of the item you're looking for by a local company not to not to plug an, uh, another candle company but like uh, magic candle company is my favorite one online that's they they do all types of um scented candles scented to Disney stuff. Oh yeah. So that's like my favorite one. I bought a couple of wax melters. Yeah. Um, instead of candles now, and so I've been buying the little wax. I think Lindsay bought me um, like Pirates of the Caribbean yeah. candle once. Yeah, Magic Candle Company is dope. If you like Disney and yeah. like the smells of Disney, and you can't <laughs> go to Disney right yeah. now, Magic Candle Company is probably my favorite one. So. Yeah. Well, thank you. Of course. For, Thanks for having me. For being I love on. doing this. Uh, before we finish up, I want to remind everyone that you can get free episodes of the Popcorn Diet sent to you just by hitting subscribe or hitting that follow button. So take a second, hit the button, give us a rating, write a review, and share us with your other good movie buddies. Also, don't forget to check us out on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash the popcorn diet and consider becoming a patron of the podcast because not only is it going to help us improve independent podcasts that keeps the keeps the lights on but it'll also give you access to exclusive patron only episodes and early content like this episode if you're a patron you're going to get this episode three days earlier than everybody else so patreon.com slash the popcorn diet of course we don't want you to forget that you can follow us on facebook on twitter on instagram at the popcorn diet and last but certainly not least, you can find all of our latest regular episodes, articles, and more on our website, popcorndietpodcast.com. But for our very good movie buddy, Leah Theodosis, I am your very best movie buddy, Rick Williamson. And we'll see you next time with another good movie on The Popcorn Diet. Adios.